Hello and welcome back to the Emerald Games Cast. I don't even know what episode number we're on. We've been gone for two and a half. Starting over, it's a, it's a reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emerald Games Cast um, HD remake, re reignited is yeah. what we're going to call it. The Emerald Games Cast trilogy, if you will. I'm Nolan, your host, and with me is uh, I'm Alex, your other host. And this time we have someone new. Also, we have Janelle. Hey. And uh, Janelle is going to be the third person on the show uh, from here on out. So what are you studying? Why do you want to do a podcast about video games? I mean, my minor is in media studies. Um, I met Jason Schreier once, so I feel like I kind of have like a monopoly on talking about video games at this university. That's more than either of us. You've got more than him, too. Tell us about that. There's like two more, right? Man, yeah, I met Nathan Grayson same day when he was brand new at Kotaku, little post- Incident Baby, and Marty Silva. Yeah, Janelle and I met and hung out and talked in a bar, and she had just all these crazy stories about video game journalists, people that are still on my bucket list to meet. Janelle's out there doing all these interviews and stuff. So, perfect fit. And um, we have a little bit of news today. We don't have a lot. But I thought before we jumped into that, because we've been gone so long, like, maybe, Alex, you could tell me what kind of stuff you've done over the summer in terms of games. Like, has there been any really big things that are capturing your attention or stuff you're really anticipating for the fall? Not not a whole lot, honestly. It's it's a weird, like, year because we're in between generations. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's still a couple things that I'm interested in. Like, I've been really enjoying Dragon Quest Eleven. We've talked in excess about Death Stranding. I am very excited for the episode after that We comes were talking out. about Death Stranding ad nauseum on the last episode before we went on hiatus. And I, I think there's there's been heaps of new information, and, and I don't know anything more than I yeah, did. Yeah, exactly. There's so much more information, <laughs> but none of it matters. We know Samantha America Strand now. Oh, that's right. So. Her, na- her name is Samantha America Strand. The, the, the president of the United States in Death Stranding, his middle name is America, people. If you don't buy this game, you don't deserve to listen to this show. And, and I'm banning you from the feed. So, <laughs> what else, Alex? <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> is that it? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, You're playing Far Cry Primal. Yeah, Far Cry Primal came out in 2016. That is not a, a new game by any stretch of the No, it's a sign that summer 2019 has been pretty slow. Yeah, yeah. What um, about you, Janelle? Oh, man. I feel like I haven't been playing much over the last few months. I'm playing Red Dead. Finally, I've yeah. been playing that forever, finally, after a year of saying that it looked awful. It's my favorite game maybe ever now. Oh, you also didn't think it looked very good? No, I was super against playing well, okay, it. Okay, I thought it looked really good, and then I played it. But I, I just thought it looked like boring horse game. Like, I don't know. But I also was super into Detroit Become Human for a while over the summer. That was a big two weeks <laughs> for me. That game is good. Don't let the first impression get to you. She has good reasons. <laughs> I won't get into it now. It's too much. That's a whole episode. That's, that's of a whole thing. Content, but <laughs> it was kind of a super boring summer for games. Yeah. Yeah. But coming up soon, like stuff is really packed. I mean, maybe not at the end of this year, but the beginning of next year is going to be crazy. Should we talk about releases? I know there was some stuff you said, Alex, was pretty interesting for this week. There were a couple of things. We don't have to go too in-depth on them. Every teenager's favorite video game franchise, Call of Duty, got a mobile version. The general consensus I've heard is that it feels like one of those Chinese bootleg games with Call of Duty shoved into it and then repackaged. Yep, yep. I mean, that makes sense. I've not played it myself, but I I wouldn't be surprised. It just, and it, it's got the classic, like, mobile game predatory thing. It's just, yeah. I think I'd have a better opinion if I we're still very interested in Call of Duty. Like, you know, you never really got into first-person shooters Not too much really. in general, yeah. right? 
Did you ever have a Call of Duty phase? Were you one of those rad middle school kids? I liked zombies, like mm-hmm. every middle school kid. And Alex, then... too, honestly. You like zombies, too, right? I like zombies. I played zombies with my brother, but I never really got into it. I'm glad that I didn't have a Call of Duty phase. Yeah. <laughs> I think that really shaped my formative years, that not happening. The um, Call of Duty World at War Wii incident, where that oh game didn't work, kind of, you know, made me never want to touch Call of Duty. So there was one actually strange piece of news. Maybe you guys remember last time we had this show, Sony did this thing where instead of showing up to E3 or having a PlayStation experience, they went and had Mark Cerny talk to Wired and a journalist write this piece. They sort of just stealth released about the PS5 in very vague terms. And they've come back and done the exact same thing and announced more stuff about PS5 that I think is pretty interesting. And the first thing is they announced the name of it. So take your bets on what the next PlayStation is called. Oh, wait, we got a name? We got a name. I didn't know we got a name. Do you know, do you, do you know the name, Janelle? I mean, do you know the name, Alex? It's just the PlayStation 5. Is it not PlayStation 5? It's the PlayStation, it's the PlayStation 5. 5. Well, I, you tricked us. I tricked you. But so did Mark Cerny, because when they asked him in the original article what the name was, he's like, we're not ready to divulge that information <laughs> yet. And then, they, and then they came around and... and I can confirm it is called the PlayStation 5. So now we know. Like there were any doubts, yeah. Um, right. You guys get a chance to read on some of the new stuff they're talking about? A little bit, yeah. a little bit. Um, some of the stuff about scale was really interesting. Can you talk about what some of that stuff about scale is? Um, well, they mentioned the idea of reducing load times and faster uh, faster load speeds. So like th- worlds could get bigger because that's what everyone wants is a bigger world with less things in it. Do you guys think we need a PS5? Like a year's pretty soon. We had a discussion not too long ago where we talked about like, oh, console generations are coming out so fast. And it's because when we were younger, it was the recession. So they had to like milk that console for as long as possible because people couldn't afford to go out and buy new ones. So we're kind of, that's like our basis. Yeah. But now they're realizing, oh, we can, we can keep doing this and people will buy it. Seventh generation lasted something like eight years, didn't it? Yeah. We also have these weird half-step consoles now. Yeah. Like the, what was it? The PS4 Pro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, PS, and the Xbox... Um, X? No, what was one, it called? There was the One S, X, yeah. X. Mm-hmm. The S was like the slim version. Oh, right. Yeah. So I don't think we need a PS5, but I think I want a PS5. Sure. Um, mainly because I think that the the size of these games keeps ballooning. And like the really ambitious ones like Red Dead 2 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake are starting to get back to that two-disc territory that we I think we got to see like right at the end of 7th Gen, you had um, uh, games like GTA 5 going on to two discs. And and these games like they took multiple uh, data sets to install. And to me, that's really cumbersome. It's fine. But actually, Janelle and I were talking the other day about how nice it was back before the 8th Gen to just throw a game in and start playing it. And I don't know that I expect PS5 to put us back in that time, but anything we can do to get a little bit closer, at least for a few years, is pretty exciting to me. I mean, they're talking about discs that can hold up to 100 gigs now, so you you could conceivably take a game like Red Dead 2 and put it on one disc instead of two. Maybe that means you could slide something of that size or comparable in and just start playing it without installing it for three hours. I don't know. 
This might be kind of a trite question, but like, what kind of things are you expecting to see next gen? Like, what do you think the the big thing is going to be? I don't think it's trite at all. I think I think that's like the that's the core. No, of the no, matter. no. I mean, but like, like you think we're going to get like the best water we've ever seen, <laughs> the best like. Wait, pop quiz. What is the best water you've ever seen in uh, a game? Probably Sea of Thieves. Oh, yeah, I think so too. What but like, are we going to get better than that? You think they're going to put their efforts into like sand or like soil deformation or like. Like, what's going to be one of the big things? The big, like... Mark Cerny actually addressed that specifically in the article. Oh, okay. Uh, well, no, not specifically. That's that's not quite correct. But he did talk about that type of thing. There, there's some stuff in the article that, um, aside from the thing I think Mark Cerny said that was pretty interesting, there's some stuff the journalist mentions that just sound, like, not worth a new console. They talk about this uh, haptic feedback, which is great, but... It sounds, that, yeah. it sounds like an evolution of the HD rumble on Steam. He talks about driving a car on the border of a road where one set of wheels is in dirt and the other is on pavement. And he says, and I could feel both surfaces doing the same thing on the track using a DualShock 4 on PS4. The sensation disappeared entirely. At what point are we hitting the point of diminishing returns in the sense of like, I know that everyone in the past has said this ad infinitum, but like we're at a point where things can look better. But how much better can they really look before we're just paying 500 bucks for a couple of band-aids slapped on some performance problems? I mean, as a counterpoint, people have been saying this for years. And, so. and, right. and exactly. like we, Well, that's why, that, and that's why I'm curious. Like, what's going to be the thing? What's going to be one of the big hooks that people are going to work 100-hour weeks over so entitled gamers can be like, this, is, this isn't worth $60? They talked about the SSD in the article and said that basically one thing they're going for is to alleviate this problem the PS4 and, and Xbox One has right now, which is that when you're reading data off of a spinning disk, you're having to do lots of little reads each second. And each of them individually can take just a millisecond or two at a time. But when you have a lot of them, it can add up. So they'll do space-saving measures um, which don't come down to shrinking the game in size so much as doing things like copying and pasting NPCs. So having like a crowd of people be composed of the same 13 people over and over just because it's quicker for the disc to read, not necessarily because there isn't enough space to program in more variations of that person. So they were talking about being able to simulate large areas and large crowds without repeated assets, being able to travel through them without loading screens without pop-in and stuff but what strikes me is like most of this doesn't really get to the heart of what makes a game better it gets to the heart of what makes a game perform better mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we've talked a lot uh, in the last session uh, the last couple sessions of this podcast where a game performing better doesn't mean the game is better and sometimes that can mean things are worse for employees or developers who are totally. on that um and as the as the bar raises, people are going to demand more and more. Yeah, um, but that's and that's another reason why I'm curious. Like how how far are they going to try to push this, and how far is the hardware capable of pushing it? You know. So Janelle, you don't want a PS5 yet. How how long would you want, or how long would you be willing to like let PS4 kind of hang on? I mean, like Red Dead Two looks mm -hmm. incredible, right? Like we could keep making games like that. Of course, that does come with the ethical problems, but. Another two years would probably be fine. We have these games coming out that still look and play incredibly well. And it's just, like I said before, hard for me to understand why we need something else when we're still doing really, really well right now. What I'm banking on is just processing power. Like, I don't really care about graphical increases so much. I mean, they're a nice bonus, but what I really want is 
the sort of processing capability that lets developers just go wild in terms of mechanical depth and mechanical interactions. Like I'm actually playing a game right now called Kenshi on PC, which graphically looks like a bad PS2 game. If I'm being, <laughs> if I'm being honest, like it looks awful and the menus are awful. And even in 1080p, it's scrunched and it looks like I'm playing RuneScape in my browser, but I love it. It's incredibly engaging and it's just because the mechanics are deep and it is able to get away with all kinds of bizarre interactions because it just does text boxes and pop-ups and lo-fi graphics. And so they can just do all kinds of additions to the world and game without having to do labor-intensive like updates, right? Sure, but like the general public, the gamers are not going to be happy oh, with that. Oh, that, that's, not, that's not the point I'm making. Okay, okay, I'm, okay. I'm just saying that that is a good example of how like a game with a strong mechanical core can overcome the need to be the next prettiest thing. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you can make an engaging experience that's that's wide in scope without needing blast processing, <laughs> Sega Genesis blast processing. You know, that's all I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, I get you. I get. Will you buy it on? Will you buy it day one? No. Are you there? Not. Are oh, you absolutely. there? Absolutely. Oh, you're there. Oh, oh really? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. You just said that you weren't ready for it. Yeah, though. but I'm also a fool and a sucker for capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely, I'm going to. If if Neil Druckmann said The Last of Us uh, Part Two is canceled on PS4, only on PS5, you're there. Oh yeah. You're there like day negative three. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. I'm there right now. Here's the thing with this the current generation of consoles, so like the the four and uh, Xbox One, there were not very strong or very many launch titles. So it makes it feel like it didn't have a very long lifespan, even though it did spend a lot of time out there. There just wasn't much for it. If they were to launch with like a handful of like really quality things for PS5 and or the Scarlet or whatever's coming next, you know, I could see that becoming like big, if that makes sense. Um, but like, I'm pretty cheap. My general uh, thing is to usually wait for things I'm interested in or wait for things to go on sale. I know I won't be getting it day one. But I'd be curious to see how many people will and what they're going to be offering, you know? Totally. It's kind of strange how many big games are coming out right before that. that Which comes leads out. me to believe it'll either be backwards compatible or a bunch of cross-generational games. It's going to be cross-generational games because that yeah. that'd be a weird thing to sell for backwards compatibility. At that point, why not just buy a PS4, you know? You guys remember when you could put Assassin's Creed Rogue in your PS4 and pay $15 to upgrade it to download the PS4 version? Do you remember that? Hell yeah. You just see put those, in your, you could pop in your PS3 disc. And see those like, aux for cheaper. Those dumb seabirds that we <laughs> killed. You just make a vending machine and go downtown and pop your PS4 disc in like the Sony kiosk and it spits out a PS5 disc with a little cardboard label slapped on there yeah, yeah. and it works <laughs> on anything. There was a rumor, and I think we talked about this last time, that the PS5 was going to be fully backwards compatible. They should just call it the PlayStation then. That would be so cool. <laughs> um, but there was a rumor about that uh, and some like patents that got unleaked. I don't think it, or it got uh, leaked. I don't think there's been any more developments on that, but I certainly would like for it to be true because that would be great. I oh, like yeah. the idea of having everything be in one condensed console. I think from business sense, that would be wonderful, except that would preclude Sony from being able to release all of the, like, cl- they couldn't do a PS2 classic or a PS3 classic. Well, that. I think after they did the PS1 classic, they're not going to try again. Well, maybe they want to redeem themselves. You know, I mean, a PS2, a PS2 has maybe the best game library ever. It, but like according first, to the mass opinion, I I'm I lean towards GameCube personally. Sure, but, but like you know. but like first party PS2 titles, right? That was the big thing with the PS1 was that the first party titles were there weren't a lot, and not all of them were that good. Well, PS2 has everything. P- PS2 has has every every party you need. I mean, there's there's no shortage of 
Yeah, but if you were things. to make another classic console, you'd have to leverage those. You'd have to buy those. Oh, sure. Yeah, I you see know? what you mean. I see what like you mean. having, if you wanted to put like Dragon Quest Eight on there, that uh, would probably cost quite a lot of money. Especially when Square Enix such a dick about everything yeah, these yeah. days. Um, yeah. Speaking of people being dicks, we are we have going into the meat of it? Fortunate thing to talk about, um, Janelle. You're kind of the only one of us here that is actually really into Blizzard games. Yeah. Yeah. Do you <laughs> yeah. play any Blizzard games, Alex? Not really. I used to play Overwatch, but you know that sort of went by the wayside, and I don't think I'm going to go back to it after. <laughs> no, what's I'm not either. I mean, yeah, I wasn't going to go back to Overwatch before this, but now I have like a, <laughs> like, a like a renewed. No, yeah. Um, now I definitely don't want to go back to it. So, um, can you can you tell us what's going on like in a summary lately with this the thing happening with blizzard sum it up for people that might not know so recently there was a a hearthstone tournament hearthstone is a card game uh in the world of warcraft universe by blizzard uh was owned by activision and there was i can't remember the guy's name yeah so a a pro hearthstone player from hong kong won this tournament won a lot of money uh this was like this was a major isn't that right um, yeah. He it was during the Asia Pacific Grandmasters. Yeah, so this was a big deal. Um, and during his speech, he said something along the lines of "Liberate Hong Kong, the revolution of our generation," or something like that. Is Correct. That right? While while wearing a mask that resembled the mask the Hong Kong protesters have been wearing. Yes, and he was almost immediately stripped of his title and his winnings. And the two commentators who were there with him were also fired. Um, as he said this. Uh, uh, and, and also, he's banned from Hearthstone for. Oh yeah, yeah, he's banned until he's October fifth, twenty twenty. Blizzard has yep, banned yep. him. Uh, so a little context is that Blizzard is currently, and they're going more into the Chinese market, to my understanding. But mm-hmm. they also have a bit of a. They have some pretty significant shares in China. Is that right? I think it's. I don't think it's that huge, but it's still. It's big enough it's for big them enough. to be like yeah. whoa and and adhere to. They're no like, right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It surprised me because Epic has, I think, a forty percent investment from Tencent. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's certainly there's a precedent for these games. Riot is one hundred percent Tencent. Yeah, they're owned by the which Monday. is and Tencent is a major Chinese company that is owned completely by the Chinese government. Um, and with the current current Hong Kong uh, protests and riots that are going on, uh, China has been very keen to squash that. This has been kind of a, a big thing. I don't really follow the Hearthstone community. Uh, I know Janelle, you mentioned that you did a couple of years ago. It's been quite some time. Sure. Did you want to talk about it? Do you have any more information or any takes? Um, the biggest thing is that Brian Kibler, Kibler, I don't know. I think the it's Beals. Kibler. Yeah, <laughs> the Beals. Yeah. He basically said that until they change everything that they've done, he's no longer going to do any work for them. It sounds like. With that being said, though, I guess as of a couple minutes ago, Blizzard is reducing all of those suspensions to six months and restoring his prize money. Oh, God, what a half step. So, yeah. Oh, totally. So I don't know if that news still applies or not, but he is a really big deal and having somebody be willing to tell them that that's uncool and quit is pretty huge, I think. Okay, wow. Um, yeah, because I remember there were... A lot of there was fan outcry. Like people were people were wanting to cancel their Blizzard accounts, yeah. um, but they'd actually made it so you couldn't cancel their Blizzard accounts for a while. Is that not true? Or? My understanding is that that was just kind of a fluke thing for a couple minutes, whether or not that was like so many people were doing it. The servers were crashing or whatever. I'm wondering if it was that. It could have been that Blizzard just got caught doing something shady and mm-hmm. tried to play it off, but it kind of seems like a fluke thing. Yeah, but this was this was a big deal. People were not happy about this because this has been a, a really 
popular thing in the media talking about some of the the human rights violations that China has been enacting, especially in Hong Kong. And people haven't been very people haven't been very happy about it. Um, I think one of my favorite acts of protest is well, I, I know that on TikTok there's been things where people have tried to spam it with like you know, Tiananmen Square and uh, Liberate Tibet, and they've been doing this for quite a while. But recently they've been doing this on Blizzard servers and also trying to make one of the characters in Overwatch, Mei, yeah. who is a Chinese girl, uh, make her a symbol of the Hong Kong protest so that the game would get banned in China. <laughs> Which is incredibly powerful. Yeah, yeah. But it's been, it's been weird because there's been a lot of other Chinese companies or Chinese-owned companies that I feel like have been scared shitless because like, if that happens to them, they know the same thing's going to happen, you know? And the Chinese government, I don't even know what they're, how they're reacting to this. I don't know enough about it to really comment, but Frankly, I can't, it's wild. don't know the context of the Hong Kong protests, you should look it up because yeah. we're not qualified <laughs> to summarize that for yeah, you. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a lot. I, I, I can read Ron Wyden's statement, Senator in Oregon, on it because I think it's really interesting that uh, this is big enough you have a senator commenting on the actions of a video game company. Yeah. But it does point to like a larger trend of this happening. And I mean, Blizzard... Also, it's not their first time being spineless when it comes to dealing with the Chinese government with stuff like this. One of the big ones was uh, in a comic about Overwatch. Blizzard revealed that Tracer was was lesbian or bi? I think she was lesbian. I think she was gay, yeah. In any case, was not straight. And in China, that character is still straight. So mm. like that... that China, Russia... Um, yeah, and yeah. In, in the countries that don't like that, Blizzard was not... Basically, in all of the places where it would have mattered more, where it would have made like an impact against the 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 like widely socially accepted norm, like it did in America, but it would have been more radical over there, and and they were not willing to follow through with it. They've gotten so. flack for a couple things like that. Like at one point, they got a lot of flack for revealing a mobile game people didn't like, and not too long after that, they revealed that another Overwatch character was gay, and people were theorizing that that might have been a last minute, like, oh, let's get our name back in the good side of the sure. news. But I don't know and the, the details about that. What I do know is that this Blizzard Hong Kong thing is wild, as Nolan was going to say about uh, Senator Ron Wyden made a response. Well, he didn't say a lot. He just tweeted um, on October 8th. He said, Blizzard shows itself willing to humiliate itself to please the Chinese Communist Party. No American company should censor calls for freedom to make a quick buck. And I think that compiled with the recent NBA stuff. I don't really follow uh, basketball, but to my understanding, there was a Houston Rockets, maybe, uh, player who'd mentioned something, and he was silenced similarly to uh, this Hearthstone guy. So I think these things piling onto each other have really made public opinion that already wasn't very great um, turn against this. Going off of Jason Schreier's tweet, I guess the Blizzard president said, I want to be clear, our relations in China had no influence on our decision. Which is a wild thing to say now. Well, then what? Then the, what? You right. got Jeff Kaplan just fucking hates Hong Kong <laughs> <laughs> sitting in his office yeah. like, oh, damn you. That's something that I could understand if they were like, gave him a slap on the wrist and were like, okay, next time don't do that. But for someone to pull the prize money and bar him from playing and bar the two people who were not even involved were just the commentators who were talking with him, that's really suspicious. I don't buy that one bit. Oh, Totally. And if they had just given him a slap on the wrist, this wouldn't have blown up into such a big thing. Oh, no, yeah. BlizzCon coming up in just a few weeks, I have to wonder what that's going to look like. I know how much gamers don't want politics in their video games. And I know that there's something that you can... And I know there's something to be said about, oh, if you're promoting something, you don't want to be cross-promoting or talking about a different event. I get that to an extent. But not only is this what's happening now a major human rights issue, the response was just completely unacceptable. 
Yeah, but also the way you worded that is really funny. Can you imagine the world we live in if if shouting out a protest was considered cross promoting an event? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like it well, is. That's what, like, that's we, what they, that was their official response a while ago. Before this one, wasn't we, it? We do live in that world, but I, I like to imagine we don't. That guy Brian Keebler you mentioned earlier, really big Hearthstone streamer. He he also made a statement about it with uh, Polygon. He said, I won't pretend to understand either the intricacies of the geopolitical situation in China and Hong Kong or the full extent of Blizzard's business interests there. But to me, this penalty feels like it is deeply rooted in both. The heavy handedness of it feels like someone insisted that Blizzard make an example of Blitzchung, not only to discourage others from similar acts in the future, but also to appease those upset by the outburst itself. Lots of other streamers are leaving Hearthstone, quitting and moving on to other games and uh, there was a handful of American universities that had their Hearthstone teams forfeit all of their upcoming matches in order to oh, wow. not have to play them on stream as well. Uh, Boycott Blizzard is becoming a big thing. Yes. People yes. posting screenshots of themselves, deleting all their games, uninstalling the client. Unsubscribing um, from WoW Classic. I was going to resub like a week ago. I'm so <laughs> Good glad thing you I didn't. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's, that, that is what I was going to ask next is... Do you see yourself going back to Blizzard if they don't go back on this? No, that sucks. I I know Blizzard over the last few years has done a lot of outside of this stuff. They've just, you know, kind of messed up a lot the last couple of years just on every front. But <laughs> I know there are some things that are pretty unforgivable. And I'd say this is one of them. Counterpoint, if they did decide to do everything they could to fix this and like maybe sell their shares in China or whatever and be like, hey, we're not going to. Like, we're completely cutting ties with this, and we're going to prove to people that we're going to fix this. Do you think you would see yourself going back to them then? If that were the case, yeah. I do think that company should be rewarded for doing mm-hmm. that, but I know that would never happen. That's the thing. So. That's a completely hypothetical exactly. thing. Exactly. In an ideal world, yes, but it's not going to happen. No, yeah. Well, because it's all tied to money. Yeah. I mean, Blizzard needs, they quote-unquote need, you know, according to their own interest, right. the <laughs> investment from China. Mm-hmm. Well, and China's a huge market, is the other thing. A lot of people oh, are yeah, trying absolutely. to break into China. And I wonder if that's going to start to change now that more and more things are happening and people are questioning whether or not... Like, people are bending over backwards to get their games in China. Uh, fun fact, there is a bit of a cultural... It's a bit of a cultural no-no to depict skeletons um, in oh, a yeah. lot of Chinese yeah. media. So any game with a skeleton in it has to be remodeled. Like, they have to, like, change the model and give it skin uh, to make it released in China. And lots of games do you know how many you know how many skeletons are enemies in video games oh yeah so many fucking skeletons what about medieval he just is he's not allowed he's not allowed oh my god dan what's his name daniel fortescue daniel fortescue Fortescue is gonna like in the opening cutscene say free hong kong (laughs) (laughs) i'll buy that yeah yeah. uh rainbow six siege had a thing where there was a map that just had like a, a mural of a skull on a wall and they had to go in and remove that if I'm remembering right, there was controversy ago, yeah. because they didn't remove like the blood and gore, yeah, yeah. but they left yeah. the skeletons in. So people were saying that it was just ridiculous. But several years ago, uh, when PUBG was still big and they released it, there was a map that's supposed to be set in like a defunct like Soviet block, and they removed any references that it was like part of the Soviet Union to make it seem like there was like, which is a bit more of a political statement, but to say that like, oh, communism can never fail. It's perfect. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rainbow Six Siege has a map that is just a house in the backcountry full of like white supremacist mm-hmm. paraphernalia mm-hmm. and swastikas and shit. And the map's called Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and so, you know, oh, great. Yeah, cool. yeah. I guess Al Bundy is now our 
state legacy. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, <laughs> can't even. Um, uh. But yeah, some of the I mean, Chinese censorship has been a topic for for years right. and years and years. Um, but this combined with some of the efforts to censor things live, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, has has really gotten attention. Yeah, because they tried they tried to like cut the stream while he was saying yeah. it. Um, and pull out of there. Wasn't there another uh, stream where uh, it, it was a similar event? They didn't say anything, but they held up a sign that said, like, liberate Hong Kong and immediately cut away. And the casters just sort of sat there quietly and didn't know what to say or do about it. I, I think that rings a bell. Honestly, I couldn't say for sure, but I do think I remember seeing that on Twitter mm-hmm. or something. It wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me in any case. Well, okay. How do you feel about, aside from this specific part of the story, think of something like Diablo Immortal. Like, you still have companies trying to create games that cater to Chinese tastes in terms of like what they look for in a game and a game structure um, and how a game sells too. and how a game sells. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm kind of worried about is I personally do not now and did not then have any problem with developers trying to make games that appeal to this huge slice of the market because like, of course the consumers in China should not be accountable for their government's actions. No, yeah, yeah. But totally. like I am, I mean, I'm worried about people's reaction because remember last, I mean, last time we had a show, we had to talk about the Epic store, how people were pissed off about Epic exclusives and that went to them hating Epic and the people that worked there and stuff. I mean, we talk a lot about gamers, quote unquote, on the show. I feel like people are going to, I hope not, but I feel like people are going to use this kind of thing to justify their hatred of stuff like Jablo Immortals and mobile games and Call of Duty Mobile. And I thought you were going to lean towards hatred of like Chinese, the Chinese people. Which well, I felt like is like, also something I'm afraid of. The thing of. is, when you when you pl- we play a game like 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 League or Dota, that's kind of already a thing. I mean, it's 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 like Chinese, Brazilian, and Russian or something. People just hate on mm-hmm. on them all the time. It's those toxic places. But but like even outside of a gaming context, you mm-hmm. know, not mm-hmm. to not to get too far away from from hashtag video games. Yeah. But even if you remove that, like if you talk about like a big socio political thing, people tend to blame that on the people and look down on the people that are associated with it. I feel like most of the people who do that, though, are just looking for a reason to justify That's fair. their shitty views. Sure, and sure. I think that the people who feel that way would regardless, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is this problem with China and Hong Kong creates kind of a moral dilemma where you have this really large market of people that want to buy and play games, and you can put a lot of development money into making games that cater to them but in doing so, you are potentially needing to also work with Chinese distributors and, and publishers. Like, like when a game gets distributed over uh, various countries around the world, like you have to work with multiple publishers. So like in making a game for China, like Diablo Immortal, they might end up needing to collaborate with someone like Tencent or a mainland publisher. Yeah. And I wonder what this is going to look like for the Chinese market well, moving forward. Like if devs have somewhat so much trouble working with that market without crossing this like moral line. Different different companies have different censorship laws, right? Like you see this in right. Germany, you see this in Australia. That's not unusual. But like these these companies are in a, are, they're not in a country where they make their censorship law decisions. That's the thing. Like they're not in that in That, that power and there's state. no, there are no major um, human rights violations that are happening in those countries to my understanding. Which might be an ignorant thing to say. To, um, to, yeah, to our um, understanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's 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 just it's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, it's a big thing. It's just been a crazy week for video games, as far as this stuff is concerned. Every single day, something new about Blizzard is coming out, and it is wild to see your senator talk about a video game, right? Right. It's, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Janelle, you wanted to go to BlizzCon, do you still? Will you? No. 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 Where are you going to? 
I was thinking about it. Oh, okay. Like before all this went down. I'm sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a big I was a big Blizzard fanboy. This sucks for like the obvious reasons, no, yeah, but yeah. also on a very self-centered level. Man, this sucks. What do you think Blizzard cuz you know there's going to be people in uh like May costumes with the Hong Kong flag. Like how do you how do you think Blizzard's going to handle that? I've been I asked Nolan that same question last night actually. And oh, I've been okay. thinking about that a lot. I have no idea what that's going to look like. Are they going to try to completely save face before then and hope that won't happen? They're trying to in the statement that they put out, but they really just said nothing, right? So I don't know. You think they'll maybe just say like, oh, we can't have any political representation at all? And uh, Probably. Yeah. It's it's a weird, rough thing. But I don't even have the attachment to, to Blizzard like Janelle does. So no, like, I don't either. Yeah. I mean, like before this all went down, she was talking about having me try WoW Classic, which I'm totally down with. I'd love to give it a try. Yeah, but now? WoW looks so obtuse to me, though. Yeah, but now? Well, yeah, no, not not now. Yeah. No, not now. But like, I, I mean, MMOs in general are really difficult to approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this whole situation is weird, too, because like on one hand, I'm happy that people are noticing this and being like, hey, we should do something about this. On the other hand, their reactions are very similar to when there was a different storefront on on PC. Um, so it's 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 a weird like, is that just like the default reaction to everything is outrage? Is that equivalent to this, if that makes sense? No, this is, this is worth being so. outraged about. No, I, I agree. I completely yeah. agree. Um, but my question is like. What, what what do these people value more? And these people, these people, I mean, like gamers, you know, like gamers. gamers. Well, we all know that in a week, most of them are going to be playing these games again, That's right? True. Like, yeah. it's really easy to care for a week and then stop. So, yeah, I guess yeah. we'll see. Um, and <laughs> maybe maybe they'll actually turn their act around or something. Who knows? Probably not. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. So that's pretty much what we got. It was a really slow news week. It's going to be a lot busier soon. We have a lot of big stuff coming out. The holiday season's coming up. Death Stranding comes out in less than a month. Yes. Oh, my God. And I don't know about you guys. (laughs) Oh, no. That's going to be like a whole episode at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm anticipating talking about that. Um, And there'll also be, yeah, there'll be plenty of releases, plenty of news with the holiday season. Got to sell those games. Got to make those holiday profits. Got to sell that Mario. Got to sell all of those games. Got to buy a Mario. Got to buy one of them Kirby's. I wish I could own Mario. Like the guy, like the man. Don't don't, like, don't, don't talk about slavery. That's on not the slavery. Uh-huh. You wanted to own Mario. What? Like own his heart. All right. So enjoy coming back next week when Alex <laughs> is off the show because he's am in I canceled? Federal prison for owning. Mario. Oh, that's a lot worse than being canceled. Yeah, Shit. that is worse than being canceled. Yeah. So I've been Nolan. Uh, I've been Alex. I've been Janelle. And if you have any questions or things you want us to talk about. We do have an email. We're going to get a officialized email later, but for now, um, we're going to use the old one, which is ngood at Daily Emerald. Send any questions or topics you want to hear about to there, and we'll get to them probably on the next episode. Yeah, so, so if you're listening to this a week after it was released, don't send it to this email. Send it to the other email. Oh, yeah, true, yeah. which you don't know what it is, and we're not going to tell you until, until next week. We so, don't know. <laughs> you know figure it Suspense. out. Look into your little yeah. crystal ball and see what you can find. But yeah, see you later. So long, friends.